The New York Jets get stubbed, snubbed by Deuce Staley, uh, running backs coach who they were hoping would be theirs. Staley opts for the Browns over the Jets. Jamal Adams, this has been going on for a couple weeks now, folks, flirting with the Jets on social media, uh, liking a, a handful of posts, one specifically that I saw a couple weeks ago that mentioned the possibility of his return to the Jets. And uh, that and some more tonight with myself and Dylan Terriman. I'm Glenn Norton with Jet Nation Radio, JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web. As I said, myself and Dylan, Chris Schubert may or may not be joining us. He is, uh, that is to be determined. We will see. Dylan, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. I mean, this is our last show from our home area. I know my backdrop looks a little different, um, but yeah, last show before Mobile, before we'll probably be doing content side by side. And I'm just super excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Mobile is going to be an exciting time. I've been watching tons of tons of prospects over the past couple of weeks and we'll spend the next several days. I'm planning on downloading enough stuff to be able to, to watch, you know, on my flight, I have an eight hour flight getting a mobile a day and a half before practices start. So that'll be some more time for that. Cause there's still a few guys I haven't had the opportunity to watch some of the small school guys where, and there will be guys that I won't find anything on before I get there because you get these really small school, obscure guys that you might find a highlight reel, but uh, you, you'd like to get to see more than that. Let's kick things off, though, Dylan. Something, and this could be a recurring theme, right? So, Deuce Staley, former NFL running back, NFL running back coach, was rumored to be meeting with the Jets uh, earlier this week or about a week ago. There was no known opening at the time, but since then, Taylor Embry has moved on. So, the Jets are looking for someone to fill that post. Deuce Staley snubs the Jets, says, no thanks. I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going to work with the Browns. And... When you have a coaching staff <clears throat> that's on life support and could be on their way out, I talked about this yesterday, coaches don't get a lot of stability. And if they can get a little bit of it, they'll take it over not having it. And the Brown situation right now is more stable than the Jets because if the Jets flop next year and if, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers ma- can't manage to stay on the field again, there's a good chance everyone is fired. Um. So attracting coaches is going to be tough. Not that the Jets are looking for coaches because unlike a lot of playoff teams, the Jets kept everybody around, uh, bringing, you know, bring the band back together. So failure there on Robert Sala's part. And then Sala reportedly meets with Staley. Staley says, thanks, Rob, but no thanks. I'm going to go to Cleveland. Where the Jets go from here remains to be seen. Look, I'm not up in arms over who the running backs coach is going to be. Um, You know, it's not that it's not an important job, but the Jets have much bigger fish to fry than that. But this could be a thing with players too, right? If 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 Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are standing there giving their free agent pitch to a guy they want to bring in, and let's say they're making a competitive offer, they're not, you know, they're not way overpaying, the player's gonna take into account how much how much does it mean? Like what these guys are saying right now, how much is it gonna mean this time next year when they could all be fired and I'll be playing for another coach that I don't know? So could hurt in free agency. We've already seen it hurt in coaching. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, just to touch more on all the parts, I'll go a little bit backwards. But, yeah, you you have to start thinking about this, not just from a coaching perspective, but what players are going to do this when March 15th, March 16th rolls around and the free agency market opens and they see a team that, yes, has a lot of talent on paper and some some of the coaches that players want to play for. And I know Sal is included in that, but you look at the totality of the situation and the organization and, like you said, they're on life support. 
you're not going to necessarily want somebody who the GM could be fired, the head coach could be fired, you could be looking for another job next year. You don't want to enter a situation knowing that this could be a one-and-done situation. Comparatively, you look at the Browns, they had 11 wins, they made it to the playoffs. Their coach is you know, successful and going to be around for a while. So if he makes it work in Cleveland, which also the better job, you have Nick Chubb, you have, I believe they're still going to retain Kareem Hunt, not sure there, but it looks like a better situation on paper, whereas we just have Brees Hall and hopefully Izzy Abanacanda. So I don't blame Deuce Staley for picking the Browns. Um, I also don't fault the Jets for you know losing out on Deuce Staley. I think we were always the long shot team to get him just because of our organization's you know picture right now. So that was always going to be hard for us. But yeah, it, it does hurt to see the report that he does sign with the you know hired by Cleveland, not with us. We're still looking for a guy. I think the Tennessee RB or tight ends coach who worked with Keith Carter and like you said, running backs coach isn't the most important offensive, you know, assistant position. I'd say offensive line is even more important to your running backs. And Keith Carter's not a good offensive line coach. So I was going to say, don't worry. They have an offensive line coach there. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's safe. Yeah, exactly. But I, I also think that that's more, more important to your running back room than the running back coach itself. And we saw that with Taylor Embry. I don't necessarily think he was a, a net positive to the organization. I feel like he was just kind of there. Like he, he reminds me of Rob Calabrese just as a running backs coach. So the, I don't know exactly what, what he was doing here to, to bring a positive, you know, spin on things, but Brees Hall is going to do Brees things regardless of Taylor's here or not. So I feel like no matter who it is, it's going to be an upgrade. Um, I'm not quite sure what this Tennessee guy looks like, but anything with Keith Carter's approval on it makes me a little weary. You know, that's the thing with these assistant coaches, right? We just always assume if if a position group is performing well, the coach must be good. If they're not, he must be bad, which that can be the case. But, you know, sometimes you might have a situation where the player, so you know, Brees Hall is the guy leading that room. Um, he's so good, it's not going to matter who it is. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think Brees Hall is going to be, you know, no matter who is running, running backs coaches, he can do enough. He's going to be successful. And not to diminish what running backs do, but it, it's a lot of, you know, if you know where you're supposed to go, it's it's take the ball and go. If the hole, if if the holes are there, hopefully you have the vision to see it and the ability to 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 make the moves to hit the hole and make a play. But um, you know, how many times in the league have we seen first year guys, rookies, or guys who sort of journeymen who just land in the right spot where the O line is great and all of a sudden they're off and running and it's like, oh, where's this guy been all this time? Um, it's like he's he's been in the league, but if if your line is squared away, which I mean, and Jets fans, this is something Jets fans need to get past. I mean, well, listen, I, I don't say you need to get past. I mean, do what the hell you want. Talk about what you want to talk about. I'm not here to tell anybody how to fan. But if you're one of these people that can't talk about anything but the offensive line, go take a nap. Like, I get it. I know the offensive line sucks. I know they need serious upgrades there. I'm not going to spend the next seven months talking about nothing but the offensive line. But you get these fans where you can be like, oh, man, I hope they re-sign Morstead. Doesn't matter we have an offensive line. Right, I get it, but I still would like them to have a punter. And Zerline's going to be a free agent. Doesn't matter if you can't block. Okay, but you still need a field. Like, there's other things. Just because yeah. there's a most important thing doesn't mean the other things don't matter, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't talk about them. Like, this team needs a run-stuffing defensive tackle. They need better safeties. They need another pass catcher. 
all of these things can be talked about. And like I said, if you want to spend the next seven months of your life talking about tackles, have at it. But the number of comments I see on, like, I'll tweet something completely unrelated. And the response is, whatever, man, we can't block. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the guys on the roster now might change between now and opening day. So let's wait till we know who's on the team before we talk about what the team can and can't do. It's great. And we see, you know, it used to be the thing with now that it, it's it's like it's always got to be something. You know, it's always been quarterback. Yep. But now that they got Aaron Rodgers, we have to find something else to treat as if it's the only thing that matters. Yes, the offensive line matters. Yes, it's important. Yes, we're going to be watching and reporting on offensive linemen from Mobile all week, and they'll probably be the biggest part of the conversation. But, Jesus, people that can't stand to see another topic on Twitter or Facebook or the Jet Nation forums or on here, like, settle down. Like, there are other things to talk about. Anyway, one of those things to talk about, Dylan, you messaged me about it a little while ago. I saw it on the forums on Jet Nation probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. I forget what the topic was. Somebody had tweeted out, you know, let's bring back Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams, he he of the I am too good for the Jets, he of the get me out of here, I'm too good for New York. Lighting cigars um, when he gets traded. Got, uh, listen, um, side note, I, but Jamal Adams to me is the biggest. I've never seen someone who was such a badass on the football field and so sensitive and delicate off of it. It's like, would you, what's the real guy? Like, on the football field, you're a murderer. Off the football field, Charmin. Like, can't, like going <laughs> after reporters' wives for criticizing your play on the field. That's nuts. That's nuts. But anyway, because Jameer says, Jameer saw the headline. We're going to talk about it. Let's talk about the Jamal Adams stuff. So the Jamal Adams stuff is... Jamal Adams has been taking this. And remember, he was benched in Seattle, so kind of out of the job there. But Jamal Adams has been responding to, reacting to, liking social media posts in relation to him coming back to the Jets. How are we doing, Wild Wave? So what are your thoughts here? Uh, Jamal Adams flirting with the Jets because he's out of the job in Seattle. Is he a guy you would have any interest in bringing back? Is it even realistic? Would Seattle be willing? I mean, I guess they... At this point, they've got so much egg on their face. They might, because now Carroll's gone. So Carroll didn't, you know, the new regime didn't trade for him. So we'll see what happens there. But what are your thoughts on a Jamal Adams return to the Jets with him flirting with Gang Green on social media? So the the flirting on social media part, I mean, I don't try to put a ton of stock into it. It just happened to come across my Instagram timeline. It was a post backdated with the T Higgins and Calvin Ridley graphic. And I saw that he liked it. I shared it to the group. So I thought that like, I don't try to read too much into that part specifically, but when it comes to him rejoining the team, I mean, why not? If, if you get the Jamal, what, Adams, what, in not, New York, not to cut you off, but what about him liking a post that says, maybe we should bring Jamal Adams back. And so, he liked that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if he's an impending, well, he's not an impending free agent. No, he, he's got a huge yeah, contract, he, but he's not playing yeah, anymore. So, if he, I don't know what his cap figures is. Maybe you can look it up while I'm talking, but I'm sure they'll probably end up trying to cut him or, you know, move on from him in some way. So, I mean, if he wants to be here, I think first and foremost, that's the question you have to ask. We want people, Tomlin said it, we want, you know, volunteers, not hostages. We don't want a guy who's going to come in here, you know, just because we have Aaron Rodgers. And then if shit hits the fan next year again, we don't want somebody who's going to be crying and saying, oh, I want to get out of this losing organization. They're stuck in their ways, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to see that version of Jamal. 
Um, like you said, between the white lines, Jamal, when he was putting on the green and white, I always think back to the Danny Dimes uh, strip sack touchdown. I mean, that was just that was something. That was an amazing play, and but like everything else that comes with him is very hard to you know package together. Um, you have to think the price point is going to be low if he's cut after you know receiving this large deal. Um, Jimmy in the chat says they are going to cut him. It if he's like cut so. post June post June first, cut. He's a ten million dollar cap hit with sixteen million in savings. Okay, so they have a decision to make. But if he was already benched, it feels like the decision's already been made. Um, yeah, I, I would say yes. But my first question is, are you going to be 100% about the team? Because I was really sick of the, oh, I didn't lose. The he, team. I mean, he won't. He'll, he'll give you yeah. everything on game day. But the right. second things aren't going his way, what are you going to get? You know, that, yeah, it makes it this is tough. what I mean on game day. Absolute maniac game wrecker. Want that guy on my team. I don't want him in coverage but I want that guy on my team. But then to the social media, so sensitive. So like yep. tuned into like, what's everyone saying about me? And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to imagine his first presser with Connor or, Hughes standing right there. What's that? Yeah. That, that, I, that was one of the things I thought is that'd be an awkward interview, right? The first, Oh, of course. The first time the, first time the press pool meets with Jamal Adams and uh, Connor Hughes is standing there. Burning bridges with the New there. York media is the quickest way to find out that they're not going to write anything nice about you. So it would be, it would be tough. And that's another reason they couldn't bring him back. Exactly. It would be very tough for him mentally. Like you just said, everything, you know, about, you know, being soft off the field and and taking everything to heart. Like that's going to be tenfold if he comes back to this organization based off his actions and things like, yeah, you don't come at somebody's wife and, uh, and, and think that you can come back to the team and and everything's going to be peaches. Um, Joe in the chat says Adams is a major upgrade. Um, I Not in coverage. He's an upgrade in the box. But, I mean, and, I and even if he's an upgrade in coverage, that's just, the just can't cover it. safety. To be honest, the, the biggest – and he's not even an upgrade, but the biggest replacement that he would be for somebody that this defense could lose is Bryce Huff. Like, I, that's – I think of him as an edge rusher. I don't look at him as I a said, coverage I said guy. years ago, um, before he even started logging the sacks, just watching that, that quick twitch first step explosiveness – I wrote an article saying the Jets have a pass rusher on their <laughs> roster. They're just not using them. And it was about Jamal Adams. Um, Joe says remaining four playoff teams have 15 drafted starters with at least three on a second contract. Jets have eight and one. Um, that You know, a couple things here. You know, Joe Douglas really only has the one draft class where guys are up for new contracts, um, which would be mm-hmm. this year, the, the, the Becton, which I don't know that he'll get one. I could see Ashton Davis coming back. I could see Bryce Hall a getting starter, a, you know, as, as a backup piece somewhere in there. Um, you know, interesting thing I was thinking about today with as I was looking at uh, the Jets' previous draft, Dylan. Um, and I don't know how you fix this if you're the Jets, because I've talked about how the biggest thing that's derailed Joe Douglas's drafts have been the injuries, right? Because the offensive line would be a damn good group if there were no injuries, and a better offensive line means better everything. QB's got more time better for receivers, but every, everything is better when the O-line is better. Um, but the other thing that crossed my mind today is I was looking at that 2021 class and I thought kind of character really and injuries again are really a thing stopping that class. That could have been a monster class. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Zach, fine. He's gone. He's, we'll, we'll throw him out. But AVT, the injuries. Elijah Moore, the character had to get rid of him, not for talent reasons. We see he produced no. in Cleveland and he will be a good NFL receiver, 
Michael, I think Michael Carter was let go because he was mad about the depth chart situation. He felt like he was the better back and he wasn't getting carries. We saw the yes. video of him yelling at Embry, getting in his face on the sidelines. I think Michael Carter probably opened his mouth and said, this is bull. We got guys who I'm better than getting carries ahead of me. Something along those lines. Because from a talent perspective, he's a four and a half yard per carry guy since being drafted. Good player, not great. And then you've got Michael Carter, the DB in that draft class. You've got Jamie and Sherwood, who's gotten better every single year. And I think could see even more playing time next year in that draft class. You've got Brandon Eccles, who's not great, but a solid depth piece. Like if Elijah Moore had kept his nose clean and if Michael Carter kind of, you know, you know, what, what, you know, shut up and colored, you know, took that approach of I'm not going to complain. And, and although an ABT didn't get hurt, that is a really good draft class. Instead, because we're the Jets, AVT gets hurt. Elijah Moore turns out to be ridiculously selfish. Michael Carter may be a little bit too impatient. I'm not going to say he's wrong. He was better than Dalvin Cook, but maybe he got a little bit too impatient. So a lot of these guys are hurt or getting shipped off for non for reasons unrelated to how talented they are on the football field. Like they're and and then when you get into Beckton and you get into, um, well, of course you know Tipman. Of course he only missed a little bit of time this year. But when you start looking at the guys who have either not played because of injury or had to be let go because of character, and then the guys who have hung around and improved, Ashton Davis gotten better, Jamie and Sherwood's gotten better. Like, there's some good stuff here, but it just they they can't put it all together, and that makes me worry about next year. What does the future hold with Aaron Rodgers? Did you or did you not have you had the chance to watch Joe Douglas and Robert Sala sit down for an interview with Eric Allen at the conclusion of the season? No, I think I just it, watched their individual pressers. I didn't watch the yeah, one with me. It, it just, I think it just, it came out yesterday or the day before. Okay. I just watched it yesterday. I was a little surprised, and, and let me know what you think of this. I'm not going to get super into detail. The thing that's, I feel like they're in a spot, and, and this is kind of what Joe Douglas did at, at his presser. And um, I take it you mean Chuck Clark coming back, uh, Nicholas. Uh, he's a free agent, but we'll see. I think they'd like to bring him back. Um. But I think Douglas kind of did this in his presser, but then with Eric Allen, he changed it. And listen, it's content for the team website. They got to do the rah-rah cheerleader stuff. But it was, again, with the next year is going to be special and wait to Mm -hmm. see, and it's going to be different. And this is what – and even as a guy who I always say I understand, like what else do you expect him to say? You know, they've got to say these things. But I'm I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, just stop. Just stop telling us what you're going to do. Do it. And I, I get, like, yeah. I get there's not a game tomorrow, so you can't prove it tomorrow. Fine. But just take the approach of, like, look, we have high hopes next year, but as we learn this year, we have no idea what's going to unfold, but we're going to do everything we can to prepare to have a good season. Don't sit down after what we just sat through and tell me next year is going to be special. Yeah, I, I feel like if you keep telling people your plan, you're – putting less effort into the actual plan itself and I like you said it's a long process we have all off season you know it's literally just starting we're not out of January next week is like the start of the draft with senior bowl but yeah it does get a little tiring and I know Joe Douglas's pressers should be taken with a grain of salt because the amount of actual you know sentences worth talking about are very few and far between with him but yeah I'm tired of hearing the the sales pitch season of Oh, next year's going to be the year. Everybody, 
get excited because Woody wants us to sell more tickets next year. And exactly, it all exactly what I was just going to say. So, like, there's the part yeah. of me that gives them a little bit of leeway because I understand, and I have to remind myself of this sometimes. Like, there are, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but there are a lot of fans who watch the team casually, and it's a hobby, mm-hmm. and they enjoy it. And that you know they're luck, they're fortunate enough. They've worked hard enough. They've got the money to buy season tickets. I don't begrudge anyone for that. Um, but I think that's who that content is for. Like they're just feeding those people who just want to hear next year is going to be special, and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's get fired up. But they're not looking at the big picture and like what could go wrong. And of course, anything could go wrong with any team. But as we say, you know, uh, as I've said a few times, the Aaron Rodgers thing. The age is concerning. You've now got two consecutive years with an injury. He's he's not going to get any younger. Young, healthy quarterbacks rarely play a full season. Like, it's not a question of, is Aaron Rodgers going to miss time next year? It's a question mm-hmm. of how much time is he going to miss? And when is he going to miss it? Is he going to miss three games? But is it the playoffs? Or is he going to miss, you know, two games at the beginning of the season, a couple games in the middle? Like, we don't know that. But quarterbacks of this day and age rarely play every game. And I would imagine when you're 40, 41 coming off an Achilles, it's less likely you're going to play 17 games. I hope he does. I hope he does. Right. But w- whether or not he does, we'll see. But as far as, you know, the second ago I mentioned playoffs, and it reminded me, I wanted to talk about something I saw the other day. And it's weird we're going to talk about this because I kind of hate these conversations. But it's an interesting question to me. I hate the conversation of, like, which team is less pathetic? Like, who was less bad? Right. Because the Jets are always in those conversations. It's not like which it's not. It's never. How are the Jets the best? It's like, let's talk about a way that they're not the worst. Right. Um, But it was something I almost mentioned a few weeks ago, and I just didn't have it in me because I I was, you know, pissed off. And another year without the playoffs and the Dolphins are going and you just pray they lose in the first round and they didn't let us down. They did. They choked away in the first round. And that's kind of their thing. So, uh, you know we see these pathetic arguments on social media with Jets and Dolphins fans about who sucks more and whose team is less, less bad. Um, But what do you, what do you think is worse? And it's hard as we're Jets fans, you know, we're going to want to err on the side of whatever's most favorable to them. But what would you rather, would you rather 11, 12, 13 years of not being in the playoffs or 20, 21, 22 years without a win in the playoffs, which, which is, which is a more damning, you know, indictment of your team? Like, you've not been to the playoffs, right? Because I saw – really, the Dolphins were my focus, I think, is they do the most talking. Um, Bills fans aren't as, you know, yappy. Um, but the Bills and Dolphins have fewer wins – have fewer playoff wins than the Jets over the last 20 years, even though the Jets haven't been to the playoffs in 13. And I'm, yep. I'm like, what, what's worse? Which one is worse? I don't know what I would – I don't want either one. I want them to win a damn Super Bowl so we can stop talking about dumb stuff like playoff droughts. But I'm like, which is more pathetic? Is it a 13-year playoff drought or a two-decade playoff win drought? So I think that when you put it as what's the more damning indictment on the franchise, I think it's the 13-year playoff drought because you can't even get over the hump for that long. I mean, I don't want to speak for every Jets fan, but I'll speak for me personally. Um, Wild card weekend sucks when your team's not playing. I mean, yes, the games were mostly blowouts, but even if the Jets were getting their doors blown out, like you get one more week where there's only eight Mm. teams playing. So for me, I think personally, I would rather make it to the playoffs and then, you know, lose in the playoffs. Um, 
But no, I think the more damning indictment is definitely the playoff drought because a lot of teams make it that probably shouldn't make it to the playoffs. And Miami has been a t- that team a couple times. I think they made it with like Matt Moore when their quarterback got hurt toward the end of the season and yeah, you know, things so. like I think that. You might be right about that. I forget. My memory's going, man. I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching it from like a bar in Mexico and like it was Matt Moore versus the Steelers and they had their backup too. And it's like these teams make the playoffs randomly. Who was the Steelers like, again, quarterback? The... Was it Tommy Maddox? No, this was this wasn't that long ago. This might have been like 2018. So like not not too too long was ago. Was the Dolphins that recently? Yeah, I, I believe so. It was the number eight. Oh, maybe man, maybe my memory might have been more, but my memory definitely is backups on both. Dolphins are from Miami, right? Is that right? Am I correct yeah, about yeah, that? Right? Jesus, where it's warm, terrible. where it's warm. Don't get right old, now. man. My brain is right. Shot. Point being, I think regardless of the situation, you want to at least make it over the hump of getting into the playoffs. So that's where I would lean. And either way, it's it's people who want to compare the two situations as if the other is supposedly so much better than the others. No, we're all just sitting here wishing we were playing more, you know? So, like, at the end of the day, I hate going back and forth about who who has it worse. I'd say the Jets do just because we know the day-to-day. But the Dolphins also just fired Vic Fangio, and it wasn't That was going to be the next thing I was going to ask if you heard about that. That's crazy. Yeah, it wasn't about his X's and O's. It was a relationship problem. Big hire. So, and he's already being rumored. He was the guy Miami got, and you were like, oh, man, that's a pain. Like, there's there's one of the best guys in the league at what he does. And now supposedly he's already going to Philly. So these rumors are spiraling out of control. And, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and laugh at the Dolphins because we're not in a position to laugh at the Dolphins. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows, even when you win 11 games and make it to the playoffs. So, Yeah, that's crazy stuff. But Senior Bowl, let's talk Senior Bowl before we uh, before we go here. Let's see. I, I pretty much have the accepted invites just permanently on my on my my uh my desktop scrolling around but now they haven't split it up by roster yet on their on the mm-hmm. senior bowl page the recent yep. senior bowl page but um we got some names you know some tweets came out from Jim Nagy and company letting us know some national uh you know some team some players for the national team which is where Jeff Ulbrich will be coaching Yep. Um, what are your thoughts Wh- who did you see that Ulbrich is going to have what got you excited Peyton Wilson Today, I uh, I yep. tweeted that out. NC State linebacker, who I've been talking about on this show for a couple years now, I want to see him in the. I want to see his forty at the combine. I think he's going to run a faster forty than anybody else out there. And if not, I bet he'd run the fastest eighty if they had that. But uh, what what are your thoughts on the guys that Albrick is going to have? So just we can touch mainly on defense because it's it's Albrick's side of the ball. I'm looking at um linebackers and edge groups which will be coached by um our linebacker coach nathaniel willingham um names like liatu latu from ucla he's an intriguing one for me because a Mm -hmm. lot of people have him as a first round pick not saying for the jets but yeah yeah, he's got it yeah exactly uh you you mentioned it uh peyton wilson um jd bertrand from uh notre dame i was just watching uh, who was I watching? Brendan Rice versus Notre Dame, and he popped up to me a couple times. So just a couple names. Um, I don't think they announced the DBs yet for each side, but I'm I'm excited about all the DBs. There's um, offensive linemen. We got the best offensive linemen by far. I think I tweeted that at you, that our uh, offensive line versus the American team defensive line on the game is going to be great. I mean, we got Fuaga, Ladarius Henderson, who I <clears throat> who we both like. 
<clears throat> excuse me, Jordan Morgan is another one we both like. Um, I understand everybody likes Tippman at center. If you put him at guard this year, you could like somebody like Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Yep. So there's there's tons of names on on the uh, national team side that I'm excited for. Cooper Beebe is another one. Um, and then Troy Fatnow. I mentioned him a couple weeks ago. I watched him in depth. I think I watched two or three games of him. I really like him. I mean, he's not a, a, a you know a pick at ten, but if they drop back like you've suggested a couple times on the pod, if they drop back get a couple extra picks, Fontenot might be a pick that you know if they want to move ABT to tackle, you could pair up ABT and Fontenot next to each other, maybe left tackle, left guard if they move on from Lakin, which I think they should do. So. Yeah, I think we have a lot of good offensive linemen. I actually haven't looked at the quarterbacks. I know that's usually the the hot one for the national team. Is um, Joe on their feed right now. Uh, we okay. So the the national team, which is I'm just saying we because that's Ulbricht's team, has Sam Hartman, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix, which means the American team has Carter Bradley, Joe Milton, Michael Pratt, Chris Schubert's uh, a favorite of Chris Schubert's, and uh, Spencer Rattler. So, I mean, I think we got the, the better of the quarterback group with Hartman, Nix, and Penix, but I'm also intrigued by Milton, Pratt, and Rattler. I think this uh, quarterback group is really slept on compared to uh, past years at the Senior Bowl. And Bo Nix, I'll tell you what, um, I've talked about him. I, I He's a guy that I feel like we've been watching for a decade in college. Um, yes. But um, I, I didn't watch a ton of him this year, and I went a few weeks ago. I watched a couple of his starts. Looked like a completely different guy. I mean, yeah, he the was Auburn so much Bonex better is, than the yeah, old version. Of, I, I was watching him like, this is because I've I've seen people say oh, Bonex in the first round, and I'm like, eh, he was okay, he put up some numbers, but I don't know. I'm not saying he was bad, but he didn't strike me as a first rounder um, prior to this season. But watching a few of his starts last week, I just and I met I messaged Chris about this, and I can't remember if it was our group chat or if it was just Chris, but I was like, we may have actually talked about it pre-show one day. And I was like, Bo Nix, man, like he's the throws, he's the accuracy, the balls, you know, on the move, play action, rolling out, mm-hmm. um, just looks like a different guy. Looks like an absolute slam dunk first round pick. Um, and I'm happy for him. You know, he he took so, a lot of heat, even though he wasn't bad at Auburn, he took a lot of heat. Um, let's yeah. see, leave Tim. My, my question to you real quick, speaking about Knicks, um, yeah. do you think there's a possibility Knicks or Penix? I know they're kind of the hot buzz names. McCarthy, <clears throat> McCarthy, not so much, but um, do you think – either of those guys could sneak in before the Jets pick at 10 and we have four quarterbacks you'd have uh Caleb Williams Drake May Jaden Daniels assuming and then a Bo Nix or Michael Penix because that would just push one more person down the board for the Jets do you think that's a possibility I mean the way Penix played from the games I watched I would I've seen worse quarterbacks than that taken in the top 10 Um, yeah so, so I wouldn't rule it out only thing with Penix is that, well, the biggest thing with Penix is the injuries. It really is. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're talking a quarterback that, a position that important that early in the draft, I say all the time, like the red flags, I, I, I try to avoid guys like the plague if they have significant injury history. I think in recent memory, the only guy that I would have made, taken a, that I would have given a pass, and it's because he was such an amazing player, and it would have bitten me in the ass because he was so injury ridden in the NFL was Malik Hooker. I mean, watching that guy at Ohio State. Yeah, he State, was special. His I mean, range, that dude bro. was out of this world. And I'd watch him, and I'd be, you know, pre-drafted. I'm like, I know I always say you can't take an injury-prone guy, but this dude is another level. Um, And I would have rolled the dice, and I would have lost. Because, like I said, he's been on a few teams with a lot of injuries. 
Um, we either have the line but don't have the weapons or have the weapons but not the line. I'll tell you what, man, it's it's so true, uh, Juan. You look back, even when the Jets were, were winning playoff games with Mark Sanchez, you know, they eventually got him some pieces. But I don't know. I, like, to me, put Brees Hall behind that line, you know, that, that Rex oh, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Jones, who was a good player, but behind that line ran for, what, 14, 1,500 yards? Brees Hall go for yeah. 2,000 yards behind that line. Easy. I was going to say, the uh, what was the last game of the season in the snow versus New England? I think one of the commentators made a comment about him looking like Curtis Martin against the Steelers. And that's what you would expect from Brees Hall behind that offensive line for an entire season. Like, yeah. it would just be unfair. Yeah. Uh, Joe says, from the guy, he says Zach was undrafted. McCarthy's a 15-year NFL QB. McCarthy's a guy I'm hot and cold on. Like, early on, I was like, yeah, I'm not so sure. But he's, he's that – he. He's got the it factor, right? Like he just wins. And I know he's surrounded by a lot of talent, but yeah. I was watching Michigan today again to watch Ladarius Henderson and Zach Zinter, some of those linemen, uh, Nugent. Zinter's center. good. I like him. Yep. I love Zinter. If the, if he mm-hmm. falls because of that injury, oh man, I would love, I mean, I mean, I loved him before I saw him crawling off the field to avoid, to avoid a penalty in that. Did you see that when he got injured? No, I have not seen Dude, that. Dude, when no. he got the final game of the year, he gets injured late in the game, like serious injury, like broke an ankle, whatever it was. It was something serious. He gets injured, and Michigan has no timeout, so they're going to get flagged if they have to stop the game. And he's like using one leg and both hands to run off the field to carry himself off. I was like, that's it. Draft that guy. Like, I already loved him, but it was like back in the day when I was watching Donovan McNabb throw up between plays, running into the huddle. And it was a play at Syracuse when his linemen were carrying him between plays. He had messed yeah, up his yeah. ankle, and the like. That ca- I was like, that Byron Leftwich awesome. too, right at Marshall. Yeah, they they carried Byron Leftwich down the field too. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I think Leftwich was the one who got carried. McNabb was the one who was throwing up. But both yes, of them in college, yeah. like Leftwich, Leftwich didn't pan out either. He was another one that uh, I mm-hmm. thought was going to be really good. It didn't work out. No, but that just screams that you're two hundred and ten percent for the team. So yeah, Zinter. Yeah, exactly. That's me what I mean. That. that that's the stuff you want to see, man. Um, yeah. And Zinter, like I said. I would love that, but I'd love BB, you know, in the late yeah. first, early second, middle second round, wherever he goes, he's a guy who can play guard and tackle. Um, back, back to Joe's point, though, I think McCarthy could be a 15-year NFL quarterback as a backup. I don't, don't see him a as a starter. Maybe for the first, you know, couple, maybe not for the first couple years, maybe down the road. I don't know if he's a 15-year starter. I don't know about that. That's tough. Yeah, we'll he's see, like man. Jimmy says, obviously, like, Salah seen... has his hand in the defense. I wonder how much of the credit should actually go to Ulbrich. That's a good question, Jimmy. I, I think, because I often say, like, when Rex was in town and they would give, you know, his coordinators credit, I always felt like Rex Rex is on the headset, and he, and Rex would never say who was calling what. He actually went so far to say, I don't I don't know if this was true, but I think it was a cool idea from Rex. He said that him and Dennis Thurman and, and, and Mike Pettin would take turns calling the plays so they wouldn't mm-hmm. become predictable, um, which actually, again, I don't know if it's true, but that's pretty, pretty genius. Um, yeah. But in the case of Ulbrich and Sala, I really think Sala doesn't want to upset anyone and wouldn't wouldn't want to offend Ulbrich by stepping on his toes and probably lets him call everything. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I would say so, too. I'm sure he chimes in. Why wouldn't he? Um, I'm sure if he sees something, he'll say, like, hey, let's take a look at this, that, the other. But I, I would say Ulbrich probably makes – the vast majority of the calls because Salah's just all about friendship and buddies and, you know, and, and keeping everybody yeah. happy and, and guys hey, hey, don't they, like they when they kept, get overruled. 
they did keep the right coach happy. Aaron White caught and got his extension. Hallelujah. Because yeah. if that guy well, became that, a DC that for somebody else. Yeah, they just like I think like two hours ago, Costello tweeted it out. So the fact that Aaron White Cotton is back is huge. You need to retain his best edge rusher now in Bryce Huff. But yeah, I think a lot of the credit should go to Ulbrich. And I think um, this senior bowl opportunity is going to illuminate that more to the NFL world. I think people are really going to see the type of coach that he actually is. And for as much as people like to play for Sala, they've spoken just as highly as Jeff Ulbrich. And he's a former player. So he comes from, you know, this same mold that all the guys do too. Like he understands what it's like. So I'm excited for him. I hope he doesn't leave. Obviously it wouldn't be this year anyway. I mean, unless something unforeseen happens, but I don't know. I'm really excited for Ulbrich. I think the defensive assistance that we have in place make me feel comfortable to replace somebody like him. Like if they just wanted to elevate Aaron White Cotton into the DC position when Ulbrich leaves or however they wanted to do it. I know Marquand Manuel, uh, Manuel, our safeties coach, had an interview with the Jaguars last week yeah, that. for their defensive coordinator position. So it's not a matter of you look at the offensive coaching staff. Nobody's there to to be a pipeline guy. I used to the think coordinator it was isn't even a coordinator. Exactly. I thought Calabrese would have been the guy under the floor if you gave him enough tutelage, but I that's that's dead and gone. On the defensive side, you have guys, Tony Oden, Marquand Manuel, uh, Aaron Whitecott, and these guys can even Routenberg with the linebackers. Like These guys can step into a D.C. position if need be. So if for as excited as I am with Ulbrich, I don't want him to leave because I think we're all going to see just how good of a coach he actually is. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's going to get that opportunity. Um as far mm-hmm. as you know, as far as the the Bryce Huff stuff goes, I don't I don't know. I I don't see how you keep him knowing that these big deals you're gonna have coming down the pike in the next year or two. Um, I've talked and who was it? I I hate mentioning these guys because so much of what they say is like you know blowhardy just for clicks and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually agreed with him. I forget it was one of the WFAN guys earlier today. Oh, I don't know who it was. It popped up because I'm not in the, the U.S. anymore, so I don't listen to WFAN. Like sometimes I'm in the US and I don't crazy enough that it'll pop up on my Twitter feed because somebody will retweet it. Yeah. But this is actually something I was saying a few weeks ago. And I don't I don't think Garrett Wilson is very happy here. And I think if the slightest thing goes wrong, he's going to be like after this season, he's going to be like, I want a boatload of money or I want you to move me. So I think he's probably. Of the big three, of Sauce, Garrett, and JJ, and I'll, I'll keep this brief because I've said it a few times already, but of those three, I think Garrett is the least likely to look for a new deal after this year. But if things go badly, I think it's very likely he asks for a new deal or a trade. So you got to pay him $30 million to keep him. Sauce is the face of the franchise. His agent is not doing his job if after this season he doesn't say, we want our deal now. This kid yeah. is playing on a rookie deal. He is a two, by then possibly three-time All-Pro. He is doing things that nobody in the modern era in the NFL has done. So I'm not saying Sauce is greedy and Sauce is selfish. He's going to want a new deal. I'm saying his agent, as his agent acting on his behalf, had better yeah. be asking for a new deal after this year. And then mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson, very good player at a key position, older guy. His The clock for him, that, that mental clock of like, how many big deals can I get and when can I get them? He started a couple years behind the eight ball. So he needs that first big deal ASAP because if he waits till that five-year deal expires, 
or that that you know say the Jets exercise that five fifty year option and then they tag him. By the time he gets halfway through the deal, he eventually gets he's on the downside of his career, and that's the last yep. big deal he's getting, or he's never getting a bigger one. So he yep. needs that deal ASAP. Like it or not, there is a route to all three of these guys wanting twenty five thirty million a year after this season, <clears throat> and then you've got you've got Huff, and you do you want to keep Michael Carter? I know he's not a ton, but he's going to be yes. eight million. That's he's not making anywhere near that now. That's a big jump. So, yep. and who are you going to sign this offseason? Aaron Rodgers' sixty-six million dollar cap hit is only a couple years away. How many years down the road are you willing to push that? You willing mm-hmm. to pay Aaron Rodgers for the next eleven years with 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 dead cap hits? So, I don't. I'm not saying they it can't be done. I'm just saying that based on the deals they have coming up. And their lack of draft picks and their sort of they're in a good position in terms of edge rushers. I think Huff goes, but I know a lot of folks want him to stay around, but I don't know if they're real. Like Sauce, JJ, and Garrett is 90 million. Nine, thir- those are $30 million a year players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of money. And they're $30 million a year players while Aaron Rodgers counts for 66 million. So that's 150 right. million a year cap space on four guys. Um, and again, I know they'll move stuff around and they'll get creative, but that was one of the reasons I hated the Dalvin Cook deal. I felt like that was cap money that would have carried over. You know, I think in a couple of years, five, six million dollars is going to be a big deal because they're going to need to mm-hmm. find a way to, to make all this work. Yeah, I think from JJ's perspective, you draft Will McDonald and then you get rid of Bryce Huff. You have way more leverage now to say, I'm your best edge rusher, pay me money. Obviously, if they retain Bryce Huff, that makes it a little murky um, and it you know dips into the, the money that you could spend on a Jermaine Johnson, but you trade it up for him. You're going to want to pay him that extension, that whether it comes after year three, four, or five, whatever they want to do. But all three guys are w- well, well worth an extension at this point. Um, to your point about Garrett real quick, I just I hope that Aaron Rodgers stays healthy because if he goes down, Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson will probably not want to stay here. I know it sounds like a little too, you know, too extreme maybe, but that's kind it's of not. the world that we're what living if, in. If, yeah. Everything's teetering right now on that injury. What if there's a Rodgers injury early and he's like, get me out of here before the deadline? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing too. Yeah. If if he gets hurt in camp and yep. I believe Rodgers suffered like three minor leg injuries just in camp, you know, the, the one where he was stepped on, he limped away yep. and he had the calf tweak and this and that. So if if anything substantial happens early enough, yeah, all all hell could break loose with Garrett Wilson. Um, uh, somebody put in the comments of Joe, if the Jets don't draft a quarterback, Garrett will will leave. I don't know if that's necessarily true because what is the drafted quarterback doing? Yeah, you know, he would rather play with Aaron Rodgers. Three, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, and I think you'd rather. I mean, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers throw me a pass than even. You know, I mean, maybe not Caleb Williams or Drake May, but like those are the Before only two them, guys in the honestly, class. Honestly, right now, none of them are going to come in and be Aaron Rodgers. So exactly. So yeah. Garrett Wilson would probably prefer an offensive lineman or a, a second wide receiver to take some some pressure off of him, even a Brock Bowers to take some pressure off of him. So no, I don't agree with that take, but I do agree that that Garrett would probably be the first to leave. Sauce, you're locking up. You're locking him up yes. better than he like locks said, up man, wide receivers. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. No, you can't. Uh, the, Charles yeah. says, Sauce is the face of the franchise. Uh, tag, package, and tra- that's what I've been saying with Huff. Tag and trade. Um, using mm-hmm. his bait to move back into the first round. I think with Huff, you're probably getting a second. 
unless maybe you add a pick, maybe you get a first, but I think you're probably looking at a second there. Um, Joe, I'm drafting a QB and cutting AR. You're looking at about a $90 million cap hit, and then you have to release everyone else on the roster. So Aaron Rodgers isn't getting let go with a, with a $90 million cap hit. No. And uh, we have Reed, MC2, and Eccles on a one-year deal. Do you see any of them getting moved? You know, I I, I think I don't. If they do, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be pre-draft, or it'll be as the draft approaches. If they feel like there's a replacement there that they can get, I could uh, see them drafting like harder. a late day three guy or like Bernard Converse coming in and being a replacement for Eccles if they wanted to move on from Eccles. But I think they like Eccles a lot. Yeah. I feel like he he stayed on as the cornerback. He's done four. a nice job. And they brought in a guy like Gidry last year in training camp, who I thought was going to make it over a Bryce Hall. So I think I think Brandon Eccles should pro- – I mean, all three of them, in my opinion, have to stay, at least for the duration of the run. I mean, you, you don't build all this up for Aaron Rodgers. Four plays in, he blows his Achilles, and then you, you tear it all down the next offseason before yeah. he gets a chance. That's just my opinion, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, as it, far it, as trading like, Reed, we talked about that last week because I'd, I'd said last offseason – Mm-hmm. Um, that I would have liked to have traded Reed and drafted um, Pittsburgh uh, cornerback Joey yeah, Porter yeah. Jr. Joey Porter. Yep. Yeah, I thought trade Reed for a three, get Porter Jr., pair him with Sauce, two young, cheap, elite corners. Didn't happen this year. I don't know that they can do that because now trading Reed, you can't you can't use another one on a corner. Um, you're not going to upgrade there. Um, so I don't see how that's right. possible. I could You're see not getting my... better than DJ Reed right now at this point with right. the assets that you have and the available and pending free agents. And even the, the cornerback group, yes, at the top is really nice, but you'd have to take somebody at 10 probably to get the quality of DJ Reed. You're not going to wait till the third round and find a DJ Reed caliber player. Yeah, and Joe says, uh, is Garrett Wilson going to want to say after Roger? Garrett Wilson, the problem, what Garrett Wilson is fed up with is losing. Like, if Aaron Rodgers plays and they win a playoff game next year and then he's coming back the following season, Garrett Wilson's going to be there's fine. Yep. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's just tired of losing. Um, so you don't need a quarterback. You don't need to draft one this year to have one ready to go next year. Again, draft one late by all means. Take Sam Hartman. Take – and I think Charles says Joe Hamilton. I think you might mean Joe Milton because that's the other name I was going to say. Draft a Joe Milton. Draft a Sam Hartman. Draft a guy in, on day three who you can develop. Um I like both those guys. Uh, 14 million, 25 million, 35 million, and 26 that can be spread out. And I mentioned um, his name earlier on the list of quarterbacks at Mobile. If you wanted to even bring in a Spencer Rattler in like the fourth or fifth round, depending I think on he where might I don't, climb some boards, I think he will too, because it all depends on his interviews. And that's the stuff that we don't have the access to. Obviously, you and I can interview him on the field after practice if we get a hold of him. But it's not – I think what he needs to do is really tell the NFL people, the personnel in those meetings that he has moved on from everything you've seen in quarterback one and, and everything at Oklahoma even, all the, the red flags about his character. And I think he turned the corner at South Carolina to, to really prove himself. Obviously, his play was a result of that maturity too. So if he just continues to, to – continue maturing basically i think he could sneak into a top 100 pick and like chris said on the show last week if you're at mobile the chances of you being a top one 150 pick are just skyrocketed us being there glenn like we're we're on the udfa radar already so (laughs) yeah i'm i'm looking forward to that that's going to be a great opportunity to to, uh, do some player interviews Mm um you know especially a lot of these guys we've been talking about for a while now tommy eichenberg i'm hoping to get him um peyton wilson of course 
Um, just a lot of these guys should be a good time. Um, the 1424 is that are you talking about Aaron Rodgers' salaries there? Is that what you're talking about there? Um, because Rodgers, I think that's if they cut Rodgers, that's the figures. If they cut Rodgers, it would be 14 and 2025 and 35 million in 2026. I'm think I'm assuming he means dead cap, but he's not getting cut. Yeah, unless it's, it's he 66, literally says 66 million me. in dead cap in uh yeah. 2024. If the, he'd have to say to cut the me for them to cut him, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna take on a 66 million dollar dead cap hit. 49 million next year, 35 million the following year. Um. Yeah, and it's it's they're not. It, he's the reason they're selling season tickets. Um, so that's another yeah, exactly. reason why he's not going anywhere. We all saw what the September 11th game looked like. I understand that it didn't end the like yeah. it didn't. I mean, it ended the way we thought with a win, but it didn't go the way we thought. And that that stadium was as loud as the the accounts of fans that were there that said how loud it was compared to like past playoff games is just. It's just ridiculous, and that's what they're trying to recapture in 2024. Oh, what's yep. up, Dom? Dom sees hot in a couple, couple days. days. Let's go. Yeah, dude, I All haven't be been there. to America in a long time. It's been that's like crazy. five years for me, four or five years. Yeah. That's, yeah, even when I was in the military, I'd come home once or twice a year, and you know, but because of COVID and all the craziness, right? It's been a long time. I'm a, a, I, I, I rarely had a difficult time remembering which side of the road to drive on. That's gonna be a little bit tricky, you know. As long as I'm not in the car when you have. And I try to make I'm I good. try to make a point of of like going to the airport and waiting for someone to leave so I can follow somebody out to remember which side of the road to be on. I'm landing at like midnight, like I might be driving right. out there on my own, man. You're gonna be just like wiping your eyes, like uh, left, right, which side of the road? It's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too pumped about that. And yeah. it's um, I, it's it's gonna be fun though. We're definitely gonna bring you guys tons of content. Hopefully a live show, hopefully every day after practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at least give you our thoughts. We're going to keep uploading all the player interviews. We'll have them pumping on our social medias. Um, yes, it's going to be exciting. And like Dom said, just a couple of days, we're all going to be there. You and I, first time meeting, going to be real exciting. We've been doing this show for four years, so it's going to be exciting. And Has it been that just, long, genius? Yeah, dude, 2019 started writing for, for the site. <laughs> Wow. Started doing the pod maybe three years ago, but still we've been we've been looking at each other's faces virtually for over two and a half. Yeah, years you poor now. bastard. So it's time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll wrap this one up. We're just under an hour. Uh, senior Bowl in a couple days. Excited about that. Jamal Adams liking liking Jets related return tweets. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they want to start over. Do Staley. Says no, thank you, Jets. I will, I will go to the Cleveland Browns and stay there. Jets got to find themselves a running backs coach, but uh, bigger fish to fry, bigger things to worry about. More, plenty, plenty, plenty of content coming. Senior Bowl week. Myself and Dylan. Have a good one, Jets fans.